BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean exactly that. Free. Switch to Pure Talk today and get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, and 15 gigs of data and a mobile hotspot. Just go to puretalk.com slash jesse and claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Again, go to puretalk.com slash jesse to switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Now that spring is here, it's time to focus on self-care and revitalize your personal care routine. Now through March 26, head in store, shop for all your favorite personal care essentials, and earn four times rewards points. Shop for items like Crest toothpaste, secret deodorant, Old Spice deodorant, or Gillette razors. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. It's Columbus Day. We'll talk about that. Why we need a COVID reckoning. We have Carol Roth, Dr. Peter Bregan. We got a great show tonight on I'm Right. Have you ever thought about what it would be like to starve to death? Or, honestly, probably worse, die of thirst. Have you ever thought about what it would be like to die of thirst? I've never done it, obviously, so I'm still here talking to you, but it's not pleasant. When you read about what people go through, it's not pleasant. Do you know, for instance, when you're starving to death, the normal thing, the normal thing if you're starving to death is to eat other people. I don't want to eat anybody. I know you don't either, but you can lose your mind to the point and be so crazed with hunger you will eat other human beings. You know that? When we talk about Christopher Columbus, because today is Columbus Day, I think it's important we acknowledge something. There's an old saying by Lord Acton, almost all great men are bad men. I don't know what you consider good and consider bad. And certainly when you look at the history of Columbus, you could find plenty of warts. But let's be frank about something. If you look at your history, you don't have to tell me. I don't want you to tell me. 
many warts you got in there? Now, you, me, look like somebody this about me. I've done so many horrible things in my life, more than I could ever count. If you were to want me to tell you the story of my life, I'd just hit the high points, right? Oh, best cheeseburger in the world. I build sheds, you know, things like that. I don't want you to know about all the bad stuff. You want me to know about all your bad stuff? But when we talk about Christopher Columbus, because America's culture has been taken over by a bunch of, well, America haters who want to bring the country to its knees, all you hear about is the slavery and the bad stuff. How we're supposed to change today to Indigenous People's Day. Look, I don't care how you judge Columbus. That's really your business. You judge anyone however you want. But you better acknowledge a couple things. One, this country, while obviously Leif Erikson and others had discovered it or been here before, it was Christopher Columbus's voyage that brought this country into the mainstream, allowed it to be colonized by Europeans. That's one, two. When Christopher Columbus got on a ship and pointed it west across the ocean, he did so, and every man on his crew, to their credit, they all did so with the full knowledge. When you die on a ship in the ocean, you starve to death. You die of thirst. When they set sail from Europe, just heading west, they were looking right and they were looking left and they were saying, I wonder if I'm going to eat him or he's going to eat me. Now, I don't know about you, that alone is an act that is braver than anything I have ever done or will ever do in my lifetime. So I actually don't care if you like Columbus or don't like Columbus. Christopher Columbus did something incredible. And what a thing to say about anyone's life, yours, mine, or anybody's, if you did one incredible thing. Oh, you're going to have warts. I have no doubt you already have them. I certainly do. I'd love to do one thing as incredible as what Christopher Columbus has done. And I want you to understand, when you see a lot of this filth day, today, and you probably have seen it, when you see coaches like Greg Popovich talking like this, there's a reason. I'm a little confused about our city and why it's... Indigenous Peoples Day slash Columbus Day. Columbus? I mean, he, he initiated a New World genocide. That's what he did. He took slaves. Uh, he, he mutilated. He murdered. Uh, and we're going to, they're going to say slash and honor him. Why does he think like that? He was educated in America's anti-American education system. And he thinks like that also because he's a cultural Marxist who wants to bring this country to its knees, which is so ironic because there he is, an old man who's made tens of millions of dollars in this country coaching some guys who play a game. It's not just Greg Popovich or Greg Popovich's children. It's his grandchildren if he has them, his great-grandchildren, his great-great-grandchildren. Wrap your mind around this. In a time of inflation where you have to go make business decisions in the grocery store, should we get the steak, should we get the chicken, Greg Popovich's great-great-great-grandchildren will never have to worry about a dime, and he feels totally comfortable sitting there and taking a crap on this country that's, by the way, why I don't watch any professional sports anymore. A bunch of ungrateful, spoiled babies. 
But there's something else you should understand. There is a purpose behind it, a purpose behind it. I, we've talked about this before. It's important to talk about it again so we always understand. If I show up to your home tonight, hey, uh, Bob, Mary, I would like to come in and uh, I want to burn your house to the ground. You would say, uh, no, slam the door in my face, maybe call the cops, maybe pull a gun on me, but that's how that would go. So I can't do that. If my goal is to burn down your home, I have to go about it a different way. Now, why wouldn't you let me burn down your home? Let's focus on that for a moment. Because you're moored to your home. You're anchored to your home. There are memories in there. That living rooms where you watch the kids open presents. The kitchens where your wife makes cookies at night. It's, it, you have all these memories in your home. So what do I have to do? I want to burn your home down. I've got to burn it down. What do I have to do? I have to make you hate your home. I don't show up with a match and gasoline and try to burn down your home. I show up with a smile and say, hey man, great, you mind if I come in? Got an extra cookie for me? Oh, cool, oh, ouch. Stubbed my toe, I didn't realize you had a corner that sticks out there. Oh, you got those pictures up on the wall. Oh, that was grandpa, huh? Yeah, I heard he was a racist. Yeah, Slowly but surely, you have to unmoor people from their home if you want to burn it down. Why is there an endless attack on American history from within? Because they want to destroy the country. You don't want them to destroy the country. You're in the way, so they have to try to ruin the country in your eyes, so you'll step out of the way and let them step in with gasoline and a match. That's why you see what you see. And look, look, you can, you can make this about, honestly, the FBI at this point in time, the DOJ. I know that's kind of a weird transition, but just stay with me. We want to know how these things happen, right? How did we get a DOJ and FBI full of Democrat activists who were after you? I mean, we just had, look at this. We had a 55-year-old man, a pro-life guy whose sin was praying, reading the Bible, and singing praise songs at an abortion clinic. This is what the FBI just did to him. But if you're not going to let me, then I'll just... No, I want to know why you were banging on my door with a gun. You're not going to tell me anything? I, you, I, I tried. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. You did not try. This is not acceptable. Can I have your name? You're not going to give me your name. You're not going to give me any information. That wasn't some gangbanger, drug dealer, international terrorist they took down that was pro-lifer. How'd we get here? Well, that anti-American filth, same people who want today to be Indigenous Peoples Day. Well, they've taught generation after generation after generation of student from K all the way through college in this country, and they've graduated those universities, and they've moved right into government. And now... We have not just some random loser on the street corner. Your Department of Justice thinks that you and your love of country, your love of unborn babies, they think you're filthy. They think, frankly, you're in the way. And they're going to try to get you out of the way.
Now, that brings us to, what are they going to do? Are they going to show up and arrest us all? Just because they want to burn America down and I don't want them to, they're going to arrest us all? Well, not right now. They don't have to do that. They might, however, work on the elections. The election process itself is as safe as it's ever been, and even more so with all of the different protections we have in place around the ballots themselves, around the ballot counting equipment, around the uh, voter registration databases. He says a lengthy review has determined that the 2020 election was the most secure in the nation's history. Like for 2020, we knew specifically the incidents that happened on a county by county level because there were so few of them. I could count them on one hand. Special Agent Chan says, federal agencies have their eye on misinformation and election lies that often spread through social media. He says federal law enforcement agencies are sharing data with those social media platforms with the aim of combating election misinformation with the truth. People are trying to dispel the disinformation and misinformation that is going on, that there are things that are happening to the election. We don't see any credible threats at this point. That's not to say we're not monitoring them because we are. The election that had the most mail-in ballots ever, which keep in mind many nations around the planet, not modern nations, France, many nations around the planet, most of them, they don't allow mail-in ballot. Why? They'll just come out and tell you because it's ripe for fraud. So our election that had the most mail-in ballots ever was the safest and most secure election ever. Well, that's how I know they cheated. <laughs> what exactly they did, how pervasive it was, I don't know. We'll never know because you can't get any answers anymore. But I didn't know for sure that something shady happened in 2020 until they all came out with that line. It was the safest, most secure election ever. Same reason I didn't know that Ashley Biden's diary where she talks about Joe Biden showering with her. I didn't know if that was real. We couldn't get verification on it. Who knows? It was just an internet rumor. I didn't know it was real until the day a bunch of federal agents kicked in the door of the journalist who was in possession of the diary. You don't send the checka after the president's daughter's diary unless you're afraid of what's in it. And you don't declare a mail-in ballot election the most safe and secure ever unless it was very much not. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I am right. Have you seen these Schwenk grills? They're so cool. All right, first, let's get, this, let's get something straight here. You know I love food, right? I love food. I've never been able to cook a pizza at home successfully. Oh, don't get me wrong, I've had edible pizza, but it's never been like, oh, yeah, good. And I see other people that make them, and, and they're talking about how great it was, and I think to myself, how'd you do that? And to a man, they'll all tell me, Jesse, your oven's not hot enough. You need something special. Or steakhouses. What's better than a steakhouse steak? How do they do that? High heat. You can have portable cooking ability like that with a Schwank grill. Get this. Take it to your tailgate. Take it out back. Leave it in the, in the kitchen. I don't care. Take it anywhere you want. But it cooks at 1,500 degrees. 1,500 degrees. Steak done in three, four minutes. Best you've ever had in your life. Best homemade pizza you've ever had in your life. Go get one. They got $150 off right now. You have to go to schwankgrills.com. Promo code JESSE gets you $150 off the thing. Great gift, by the way. Schwankgrills.com. Promo code JESSE. We'll be back.
Each morning, the President of the United States receives a highly classified briefing on the most important issues facing the country. It's called the President's Daily Brief, or PDB. It's delivered by America's spies and analysts. Well, now you can hear your very own PDB in the form of a podcast hosted by me, Brian Dean Wright, a former CIA operations officer. Each morning at 6 a.m. Eastern, I'll bring you 15 to 20 minutes of the most important issues facing the country, giving you the critical intelligence and analysis you need to start your morning. If we really do our part, stay at home, social distance, then we can flatten our curve even below those projections. Social distancing is absolutely critical. And if you can't social distance and you're outside, you must wear a mask. Remember when they told us that? All these geniuses told us that, all these doctors. Social distancing, uh, uh, just stand six feet away from everybody. Remember what I told you back then? It sounds like something a child would come up with. It sounds like something that they just made up. And now we know they just made it up. But that's not what blows me away. What blows me away is how many people just took that and was like, oh, yeah, that's genius. Joining me now, Dr. Peter Bregan. He's a psychiatrist and author of the book you should probably get, COVID-19 and the Global Predators. We are the prey. All right, doctor, setting aside all the morons in medicine who did this to us, I want to talk about us as a people. America, actually, because that's the country I care most about. I was, and remain to this day, flabbergasted at the percentage of the land of the free who just thought a cloth mask and standing six feet away from everybody would stop a virus. How did that happen? Well, the country has been infiltrated for decades, first by Russian communists and then by Chinese communists. It's been very heavily infiltrated domestically by progressives. Uh, Going through college now is kind of going to kindergarten. You know, you bring excuses in and, you know, the teachers coddle you and uh, and you're taught to, um, you know, be very sensitive to other people. And there's no there's no training in uh, thinking and in uh, contesting ideas. There's no sense of the building of the United States of America and what it meant. Uh, We're just a slave state now, uh, according to much of what's uh, taught, going back to, you know, the very beginning, the 1619 project, I think they call it, uh, that we started as a slave uh, nation. So we have let our nation, those of us, including myself, who are, you know, who love America and love freedom, uh, we have let it be taken over by a combination of the global predators, whom uh, our book, COVID-19, The Global Predators, is more about the global predators in many ways than COVID-19, and it's still totally appropriate to now. Um, We're really surrounded by a coalition of empires that are working on destroying us. There's our own Western empire, that uh, in the U.S. right now uh, is represented by a puppet figure, but Joe Biden, but he's a part of what is the Western empire that doesn't believe in the Constitution, does not believe in God, does not believe in the Judeo-Christian traditions, does not believe in individualism. Um, This is a part of globalism because globalism has to destroy all of our basic values 
individualism, the constitution of any belief in God that you may have, or at least of higher, higher values in order for globalism to dominate. And that's what's going on right now. Um, it's very tragic. Uh, there are many people in the country, probably half the people in the country who, who uh, reject globalism. Uh, it was one of the attractions of Donald Trump uh, was his actual saying, I'm not a globalist to the Koch family who were libertarians, supposedly freedom lovers, but globalists who wanted open borders and you know, wanted you to be able to take your uh, industry anywhere and compete anywhere, which is uh, effectively a destruction of any uh, patriotic uh, democratic nation to the globalists uh, taking over. And uh, Trump stood up against that and said, no, 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 which is one of the main reasons he got attacked. Most of the, most of the other reasons are made up. The main reason was he uh, immediately said, no, U.S. first, not China first, not communism first, not globalism first. This is very definitive, and uh, no other president was saying that, not the Bushes and, and none of the Democratic presidents. Um, and that's what we're facing right now. Uh, the immediate first step to take is, is to win the November elections for conservatives, hopefully, because we're facing now um, the uh, World Health Organization is trying to make treaties, and it tries to call them other things like agreements, um, and so on. But the World Health Organization representing the United Nations, and that represents a, a conglomeration of these Western globalists led by Bill Gates and Klaus Schwab and bankers whose names we don't know, and the East, because China and, and if you look at it, just pinpointing it, China and Bill Gates are major, major controllers of the World Health Organization. They want to make a treaty with us, taking away our sovereignty over anything that touches on global health. And the uh, Schwab's in favor of that, uh, but also very much in favor of that is uh, the entire Biden administration. So that should be one of the things that's talked about in November that uh, they they want to get uh, they want to get treaties with us and they also want to make amendments to the rules that take away limits from the uh, World Health Organization. It's a double thrust thing. Yeah. We're up against it, and it's Doctor. actually it's I'm done. <laughs> Go ahead. No, 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 no. That was outstanding. <laughs> I want people to go get the book, Doctor. I appreciate you joining me. Thank you so much. Okay, great to be here. All right. Well, that was all bad news. <laughs> and we're talking to Carol Roth in just a little bit. And we're going to ask Carol, uh, so what's up with the economy? Because she's had some really, really dark things to say about what's to come because of the Fed and the energy crisis and whatnot. What do you have for preparations? Uh, no, I'm not telling you to go crazy. I'm not telling you to go uh, build a bunker in your backyard. I'm not, not saying any of those things. Do you have three months worth of food? Does everyone in your home have three months worth of food and be honest with yourself. Look, if you do, that's fine. Go check out your pantry and say, the grocery store shuts down tomorrow. No gas station, no grocery store, no nothing. Can I live off of what's in here for three months? You know, my Patriot Supply has an emergency three-month food kit already prepped, packaged, ready to go. Ships free and it ships fast. Everyone in your home needs one of these kits. If you live alone, just get one. You don't have to go crazy. But if there's three of you, buy three of them, and so on and so forth. They've partnered with the show to give you $150 off each one. Go to preparewithjessikelly.com. That's where you get your three-month food kit. 
preparewithjessikelly.com. We'll be back. One of the things I love talking to people who were right about COVID all along, because there weren't that many of us, and there weren't that many of us who were bold enough to be loud about it, because boy, was it hard to be against all this COVID insanity early on. You grandma killer, joining me now, fellow grandma killer, Michael Sanger, author of the book, Snake Oil, How Xi Jinping Shut Down the World. Michael, I was on Twitter earlier today, just kind of browsing through some stuff, and I didn't see you on there. Where you been? Well, you know, I was banned last spring, actually. You know, it's uh, no good deed goes unpunished for being one of those ones who, as you said, you know, that's perfect introduction. There were very few of us speaking up about these lockdowns back in the uh, spring of 2020. Um, you know, there was just total convergence of narrative in which I'd say, you know, it, during peak lockdown, probably over 90% of the population supported this policy or at least was coerced into supporting it just through all the propaganda and censorship that we were witnessing at the time. So there are very few of us speaking up. And of course, you know, my activism over the last couple of years opposing these policies, finally they, uh, you know, brought the boot down. And in the uh, spring earlier this year, they finally banned me from Twitter, which, um, you know, it has a serious effect on the conversation. And that's a theme that we saw throughout the response to COVID is everybody who was speaking up about these policies, you ran the risk of getting censored, getting um, censored by professional organizations, having your social media accounts deleted. It has a big impact on the public conversation. You know, uh, I do have a following, and unfortunately, you know, a lot of people have come through and still share my articles, which I'd say the quality of my work has gone up really since I've been banned from Twitter. But it's difficult to find me, as you said. It's, uh, you know, you have to know people who are connected to my Substack, which that's the place to find me is uh, on my Substack account, michaelpsanger.substack.com. But, uh, you know, it has a big effect on the public conversation. Michael, I do remember early on ventilators. There was all that talk about ventilators. We don't have enough ventilators. Got to get people on ventilators. We got to build more ventilators. Where's the ventilators? Let's buy more ventilators. I remember the ventilator talk. A lot of people don't. It's very early on. What's the deal with all those ventilators? Yeah, you know, and it's terrifying. And that's, you know, a huge story that's really been memory hold. Uh, When COVID first appeared, when we first went into lockdown, especially in the New York area, especially in the Northeast, you had this big hysteria around ventilators. And you go back, if you type in, you know, New York mechanical ventilators 2020, you'll get all these headlines. They immediately resurface just tons of, you know, New York needs another 20,000 ventilators. Cuomo putting an order for, uh, you know, a couple thousand more ventilators. We're part triaging ventilators, putting, you know, two patients on a ventilator at the same time. Just couldn't get enough of these ventilators. As it turns out, uh, pretty quickly, um, after a couple months, so by the end of April, studies started coming out showing that the chance of dying if somebody was put on a mechanical ventilator, and this is the actual study uh, from JAMA from the end of April 2020, uh, those over age, the age of 65 who were put on mechanical ventilators in accordance with this initial guidance that came from the World Health Organization had a chance of dying of 97.2%, astronomically higher than if they were not put on mechanical ventilators. In fact, the chance of survival was 26 times higher for those who were not put on mechanical ventilators versus those who were. 
Does initial guidance that came from the World Health Organization based on the journal articles from China, because remember, all this came from what the China said they did in Wuhan at the very start. Uh, it was based on you know China's supposed success in fighting this virus in Wuhan that the rest of the world, beginning in Italy, and then like dominoes, one country after another, goes into lockdown and imports all this guidance. Based on that guidance, uh, everybody started using these mechanical ventilators on patients, and that actually reduced the chance of survival 26-fold. Absolutely terrifying. And so if you go and you look at the excess data, the data on excess deaths, you can actually go back and recalculate. And there's been, you know, very few serious studies actually trying to figure out, you know, how many people were actually killed by those ventilator guns. There's been memory holds, I think, you know, largely for political reasons. But it's very clear when you go back and you look at the excess deaths and you calculate it, I mean, tens of thousands of people some unknown, you know, countless thousands, tens of thousands of people were put on these mechanical ventilators and presumably killed by them. Um, this is really a grassroots movement early on within the medical community. Uh, fortunately, some, a lot of doctors started speaking up and saying, you know, this ventilator gun is completely off, exactly the opposite of what we should do for these patients. And it's just killing scores and scores of people. And eventually, and fortunately, that ended pretty quickly. But in the meantime, just in that first couple months, by the end of April, it had already killed tens of thousands of patients. I think there's sort of an assumption that that was, you know, a mistake. It was all this, uh, you know, everybody was panicked. It was uh, people were doing their best. Uh, frankly, I don't even know how you can assume that. Because that initial spike in deaths created all that tear that led to everything that followed from that. All the mandates, you know, uh, it was that initial hysteria um, kept people in strict lockdown longer. And then it led to mass mandates and eventually, you know, all the way up to um, the vaccine passes that took over there for um, a little while last year. And you had to have a, actually show your papers, just go into a restaurant and conduct everyday activities. It all stemmed from the hysteria that huge surge in the deaths in the very beginning and the strict lockdowns, which just terrified the population so much that it led all that was downstream from that. Michael, you actually argue that the Federal Reserve made all this worse. How is that humanly possible? What are you talking about? So the Federal Reserve, uh, if you think back again to early 2020, just before the world went into lockdown, as uh, you know, insiders, the big financial players started to get word that the entire world was going to be importing these lockdowns, we had a big, sharp market crash. It was actually, you know, the sharpest market crash, I think, you know, in the history of the Dow Jones, even worse than the Great Depression there, very briefly. I mean, the market was just a freefall. And so the Federal Reserve responded to that by reducing interest rates to zero. And that doesn't mean that the Federal Reserve was necessarily in on it with lockdowns. I mean, that's really just what they're supposed to do. The market goes into freefall. Um, you know, they have a mandate to keep inflation in check and keep unemployment in check and try to, you know, counter some of the market cycle. So they reduce interest rates down to zero, and that heads off this market crash. And then what happens is from that, even while the world is in lockdown, the economy is just grinds to a halt and, you know, GDP is reduced very significantly. But markets, the stock market just soars. And that's what we saw throughout 2020 and 2021. It's after that initial downturn, the market, stock market is just soaring, especially the, you know, tech stocks. And so that convinces people. I mean, if you went online around that time, that made our job as anti-lockdown activists so much more difficult. Because it's just this, you know, opiate. It's like, you know, what are you talking about? Economic damage, my stock portfolio is soaring. I mean, you know, it was just hard for anybody to believe that, you know, 
we were experiencing famine in the developing world, that people were out of work, you know, struggling to feed their families in a lot of cities here in the United States. How could that be possible? You know, you look, my uh, Facebook stock is up like, you know, threefold or whatever. It's, uh, the stock market was doing great. And so even after, you know, so we had those two years of COVID mandates and even after as it led to vaccine passes, the entire economy was ground to a halt. The Fed kept interest rates near zero. And that's, you know, initially that's fine, but the problem is that inflation was creeping up and creeping up quite quickly throughout that entire period. So that by the beginning of 2021, um, you know, nearly two years ago, inflation had already vastly exceeded the Federal Reserve's target. The Federal Reserve is supposed to keep inflation at a rate of 2% per year. And by the beginning of 2021, it would already reach 4% per year. And it kept creeping up to 6%, 8% per year. And the Federal Reserve kept interest rates near zero. So they flagrantly violated their mandate to keep inflation in check, essentially to support these lockdowns and COVID mandates, keep those going longer. And then as soon as those mandates finally started getting rolled back, the vaccine passes finally started getting rolled back, that's when the Federal Reserve started raising rates and tracing inflation. So it's really hypocritical of them um, yeah. to, you know, start going after inflation now. They're pushing the entire economy into yeah. a recession, and whether you agree with that or not, but, you know, they're printing all this easy money and letting inflation get out of control just so, you know, states yeah. could implement the COVID mandate. So it's a total violation of the mandate. Don't worry. Don't worry. I'm sure they'll probably give themselves a Nobel Prize or something like that for that. And Michael Sanger, thank you, brother. I appreciate you, man. Thank you, Jesse. Appreciate it. All right. Well, that's not very good. <laughs> that's not very good at all. You know what you really needed during COVID? You know what would have actually helped you out a lot? Having a need in pure thunderstorm. Helped me out a lot. Killed my allergies. My allergies are gone. Kills viruses and mold in the air. Just this little black box. You Believe me, when you first unwrap your three-pack and you pull out the first one, you're going to look and you think, is Jesse messing with me? Is the, you think air purifier, you think this big tower whoa, makes all this noise. It's this little black box. Go plug it in in a room. One room. Go plug it in, walk away, and come back in an hour and tell me how your room smells. It doesn't cover up odors. It is cleaning your air constantly, like nature does after a thunderstorm. That's why they call it the thunderstorm. You can taste it. They're awesome. I have three of them. Actually, that's not true. I have six of them. Three at home, three at the studio. Go get a three-pack. They have a three-pack for sale for my viewers. EdenPureDeals.com. Code JESSE gets you a three-pack for $200 off. EdenPureDeals.com. Code JESSE. We'll be back. Well, I hate to pour more good news on you, but we're going to get more inflation numbers this week. <laughs> Coming down on Thursday. I, God only knows how bad they're going to be this time, but you know what? Let's find out. Let's ask Carol. Joining me now, my friend, recovering investment banker, author of the book, The War on Small Business, Carol Roth. All right, Carol, I'll be frank with you. I don't actually give a crap what the new number is on Thursday. Inflation's here. Everyone who buys groceries knows inflation's here. When's it going to stop being here? 
Well, Jesse, if you thought my previous segments with you were optimistic and uplifting, you're really going to be in a treat for this one. I am like you. I, okay. I very much don't care what the CPI is. It's a backwards looking number. And unfortunately, we are in a new game. We have OPEC Plus who announced these cut productions to oil. So we know that that is going to be an inflationary factor. And we saw the last time we had higher um, oil and gas prices and energy prices, how that flowed through the system and raise the prices on everything. But there's something that's even more sinister at play. We know that having this high oil creates massive global pressures. And we know that if the Fed doesn't pause their policy, given the fact that there is elevated prices for energy and there is a very strong dollar relative to other currencies, that it could trigger basically a massive global currency crisis, a liquidity crisis in the treasury market, maybe even a collapse of all risk assets. And the worst part about this is that Putin knows this. He knows how important energy is. I believe this is where the real war is going to play out. And if you look at the speech that he did, um, I think about 10 days ago now, he said, people cannot be fed with printed dollars and euros. You need food. You can't heat anybody's home with inflated capitalizations. You need energy. And so this is the crux of the issue is Putin is playing a long game here and either the Fed is going to walk into a trap or perhaps they know exactly this is what's happening and they are in on it to usher in their own type of new currency like a, a central bank digital currency. All right, Carol, sorry, you're going to have to unpack some things there. As you know, man, <laughs> not much of it went over my head. Currency crisis and liquidity crisis, what do those words mean? So if you think about countries around the world, you know, one of the things that they have to do, given the fact that the U.S. dollar is the reserve currency, is they have to buy certain goods and services if they import them in dollars. Oil is, is for the most part, priced in dollars, as is some food that they import. As their currency depreciates, it means that they are not able, the disparateness the, the the, the between the two ends up being a drag. So they need to go and sell assets in dollars so that they are not losing purchasing power and their currency doesn't fall by the wayside. So, you know, either they're letting their currency collapse or if they're selling assets that are priced in dollars, things like treasuries, that means that the price of treasuries when you have a lot of sellers would go down. But the opposite of that, bonds and yields are priced in inverse to each other. So as bonds go down, yields go higher, which means that there's more of a draw for a stronger dollar and it just creates this cycle over and over again. And so this is what the Fed is creating as they continue to raise rates. They are not stupid, they know this. And so whether they continue to do this or not will tell us a signal about what their actual intention is. Okay, then I need you to lay that out for me. So if they do what, it means they want this. And if they do the opposite, it means they want what? Yeah, so I mean, basically, if they pause, um, that means that they're willing to perhaps let inflation go higher domestically than they would like, although I would contend they don't actually have the tools to fight inflation because they can't print oil and they can't print labor and they can't print food. But they're saying we're going to, you know, 
kind of make sure that the the domestic economy doesn't fall into a deeper and crazier recession and that we don't have this global recession and we don't let the entire globe fall apart. If they continue to push, then they know that they're going to have to deal with this potential currency crisis and with this liquidity crisis in the, in the treasury market. And that signals to me that that's something they want to happen and that they have, as I mentioned, some other plan. They know they can't deal with the, the huge amount of debt and the continued government running of deficits. And so they're gonna use it as an excuse to have some sort of a financial reset. And perhaps um, you know that's one way that they usher in more Fed and more government control through a central bank digital currency. A central bank digital currency. Okay, uh, well, that actually sounds like a nightmare from hell for me, but for people who don't quite understand why that would be so bad, Carol, would you please elaborate? Yes. Yeah, so um, as much as the, the Fed and the Treasury has you know, some control over the money supply, you know, they're not able to fully track and control what you know, once a dollar is in your hand, you know, they can't really track and control what you do with it. But if it's digital, they absolutely can and they can take it to the extent that China has done um, where they can cut you off from your supply of it. They can program it and they can use it as a way to basically enact social credit. Oh, you know, Jesse, you've had too many hamburgers this week. Um, we're not gonna let you go and buy another hamburger. We're gonna basically cut that off. And so it basically further centralizes control of the money supply. It is the absolute uh, worst possible thing for economic freedom. By the way, one of the things that people who believe in cryptocurrencies are trying to fight against, although again, they're fighting against the uh, the government that has all of the power and all of the, the nuclear weapons in the army and uh, military and all that kind of stuff too. Um, but it is a nightmare and it's one of those things that they're trying to confuse people about. They're trying to make it sound like a crypto, which is decentralized, but it's the opposite. It's completely centralized. It will be the loss of all of our all of our freedoms. So we have to keep fighting on that. Carol, crypto, we've talked about it before, but it's been a while. I want to talk to you about it again, mainly because I'll be frank with you. I understand I'm up against a low IQ here in my own. I mean, but I, I don't understand it. So I've never gotten involved in it. A bunch of my friends love it, though. A bunch of people I know and trust. They talk about oh, Bitcoin and things like that all the time. I'm more of a traditional guy. Give me oil and gas. But what does Carol Roth say? So um, I think you align with the advice that my father gave me, which is if you don't understand something, don't invest in it. And so people can explain what a restaurant chain is and you can explain what a gold chain is. But if you can't explain what a blockchain is, you should probably stay away from it. I think it's very interesting. Uh, but as I said before, I do think it has the contention of having to deal with government power. If governments don't want to give up control of the money supply, which, by the way, they do don't because that is the ultimate in power and control, um, they're going to make it more and more difficult. So I'm a little bit more old school. I prefer hard assets, things that you can see and touch and feel, um, things like physical gold and precious metals, physical land, water, guns, ammunition, those kinds of things um, that, that you, you know, if, if everything were to go wrong, there's a zombie apocalypse, there is no electricity and no way to access your digital wallets that you still will have in front of you. Oh. All right, Carol, finally. 
We still have two more years of this insanity, at least, and it's not like the GOP is that much better anyway. I, can you handicap for me just how bad it's going to get? Because I'll be frank, this is why I asked the question, Carol. I was going over this this weekend on Sunday, and I was kind of going over the different parts of the economy and the different attacks they're waging on the different parts of the economy. And I just don't see how, I don't see another direction besides a very, very, very deep recession, if not a depression that is going to last for some time. But I don't want to be Debbie Downer. Is there a way out? So you're making me be Debbie Downer because you don't want to be Debbie Downer? Yeah. That's not very chivalrous of you, Jesse. Now he says, Sorry, um, girl. You know how back in the day when, when COVID was starting and we were talking about all of this insane central planning and the long-term impacts it was going to have and nobody listened to us, it, it's kind of the same thing going on right now. They have messed things up so badly. If we don't get a shift in energy policy, and I don't see how that is going to happen under this administration, that is going to set us up not only for economic and national security issues over the next couple of years, but way into the future, because it's not something you can just turn around on a dime. So that, you know, just that backdrop in and of itself um, gives me pause. And then I do think you need to be prepared for different outcomes. I think obviously, um, you know, a recession that is shallower <laughs> um, is a possibility if we see the Fed pivot like the Bank of England did and they reversed their policy. But if they keep going hard on this policy, um, you know, or worse, we end up in this war scenario, you know, things could get really ugly. And so I think that, you know, you have to remain prepared, but not panic, prepare for all the different scenarios. And um, just remember that elections do have consequences. Carol Roth, the book is The War on Small Business. Thank you, ma'am. Sunshine and rainbows for everyone. You're welcome, Jesse. Mm. All right, that's enough. It's enough darkness. Let's go to lighten the mood. All right, before we do lighten the mood, let's do something though. You mentioned, you heard her mention hard assets. I've talked to you about this before. Things like uh, gold coins, ammunition, things that are always going to be there. I will always support you in buying that stuff. Also, the stuff never goes to waste, right? I mean, the gold coin, you're not eating it. You don't have to worry about the expiration date. Your great-great-grandson will be able to buy something with that gold coin if he should need to. What have you bought for medicine? Does your medicine emergency kit, is it just a first aid kit? You went down and bought a Cabela's or something like that? You know you need antibiotics, right? That in the end, it ain't going to be a bullet that gets you. It's always some sort of disease, some sort of infection. Always. Jace Medical sells a Jace case. It's brilliant. It's freaking brilliant. I'm actually ashamed. I never even thought of buying one of these before. It's a flight of antibiotics. You should have at least two of these. All right? You should have two Jace cases. You just absolutely should. Go to jacemedical.com. Promo code JESSE gets you a special discount. Go get a couple Jace cases for yourself. You've got look. If you have ammo and water, I got some gold. Jesse, I'm ready to go. What do you have for first aid? Ah, band aids. You're gonna die. JaceMedical.com promo code Jesse. We'll be back. All right, it's time to lighten the mood. Hey, you know. In a society today where there's all this talk about toxic masculinity and things like that, I do think it is important to remember that men 
are awesome and men matter a lot. We have a critical role God has given us on this planet and part of that role is protecting your family, protecting your wife, protecting your kids, even in the face of certain death, stepping up and getting the job done. Slapped a bear in the face. All right, I'll see you tomorrow. Each morning, the President of the United States receives a highly classified briefing on the most important issues facing the country. It's called the President's Daily Brief, or PDB. It's delivered by America's spies and analysts. Well, now you can hear your very own PDB in the form of a podcast hosted by me, Brian Dean Wright, a former CIA operations officer. Each morning at 6 a.m. Eastern, I'll bring you 15 to 20 minutes of the most important issues facing the country, giving you the critical intelligence and analysis you need to start your morning. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points. Shop for products from Olay, Always, Gillette, Vicks, and Crest. Plus, check out new items like Mr. Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi-Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head & Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. If you are an accredited investor, U.S. oil and gas should be part of your investment portfolio. Visit LabradorEnergy.com. Beyond the possibility to invest in a sector that historically delivers sound returns, when you invest with Labrador Energy, you may be able to structure your investment to offset active or passive income. According to many sources, U.S. oil and gas drilling remains one of the best tax-advantaged income investments available. Visit LabradorEnergy.com. You may be able to reduce your tax liability while investing in a sector that historically delivers sound returns. Learn more at LabradorEnergy.com today. Offer for accredited investors only. Past performance is no indication of future results. Investing involves risk. Consult your legal, tax, and financial advisors and read the prospectus before making any investment decisions. Visit LabradorEnergy.com for the prospectus and more information. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, it's your favorite throwback podcast hosts, Jessica Bennett and Susie Bannikaram, here to announce a new season of our show in retrospect, which means a whole new batch of episodes diving into the pop culture moments we love and love to pick apart. From the dethroning of the first black Miss America to the legacy of a lesbian joke from four Kaftan-loving Golden Girls. Listen to In Retrospect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.